This is Jim Minns, Communications Officer with the PSA. This week, delegates from the National Parks and Wildlife Service continue to voice their concerns around performing vital work in the state's national parks thanks to the cuts in the state budget by the Berejiklian government. Obviously, uh, they're very concerned about uh, the proposed $85 million cut to the department and how this will impact on National Parks and Wildlife Service. The POVB executive met with the Department of Corrections to discuss a number of issues on their agenda, especially around interpretation of an award. A uh, meal allowance is paid when people do uh, less than eight hours of overtime. They've interpreted now that uh, officers won't get paid that shift penalty. We're obviously going to fight that all the way. And finally, a victory this week for juvenile justice delegates and members. I, I am very pleased to see that the new minister has come in and said, look, um, we're going to move forward, we're going to pay your members for the 9th of June um, and look that's very very welcome news for us and a, and a great win um, you know, for our members and a, and a great win for the PSA. First up, National Parks and Wildlife Services suffered $121 million in cuts in the 2016-2017 New South Wales budget. The PSA estimates this to be around 100 park ranger jobs lost. PSA delegate Kim de Govrick. By way of example, I was just out in Dubbo last week talking to people in the Central West area, National Parks area. Uh, they, for the area they cover, which is 20% of the state, they used to have 11 ranges. They now have four. To further complicate this situation, in the latest New South Wales budget, a further $80 million was cut from the department. What does it mean for the people of New South Wales? What it means is uh, a number of things for the people of New South Wales. Firstly, their parks aren't being uh, effectively managed as they have been in the past when we had a full complement of ranges. So what I'm talking about is fire management, vertebrate pest control, and a whole range of other land management uh, issues, management of facilities, upgrading of facilities, upgrading of walking tracks. Obviously, national parks are wild places. They have uh, hundreds of kilometres of cliff line, coastline, um, uh, desert landscapes. Extreme weather events coupled with climate change and increased visitation to these national parks, the concerns to heritage and public safety are not limited to the members and delegates of the PSA, but rather to the general public at large. Our rangers are responsible for ensuring public safety whilst they're on national park. So you've probably heard of the recent issues <clears throat> in Royal National Park down at the figure eight pools on the coast there. You've probably heard of people uh, getting too close to cliff edges and perhaps falling off cliff edges. Uh, people getting injured just going uh, into wilderness areas and not having the proper equipment. We have to assist in those rescues. Um, and there's obviously uh, the, the fire issues where if we don't have enough staff to do hazard reduction burning, um, I'm from the Blue Mountains and up in the Blue Mountains it's critical that we do back of the house burning but once you reduce your number of ranges they are the ones that do all the planning for prescribed burning at the back of houses in the Blue Mountains and other critical areas. Um, without that planning you can't proceed to actually implementing a, a burn on the ground. It seems there may be a solution one day thanks to commerce. A similar thing happened under the Griner government which was the last conservative government uh, before the Berejiklian government and it wasn't until the, uh, I have to say uh, truthfully, that it wasn't until 
the farmers started uh, kicking up a big fuss about out of control wildfires and out of control vertebrate pests that the Griner government introduced what they called the resource package allocation which was many millions of dollars to fund more staff in national parks, more better resourcing, etc. And we actually went and put on a whole heap of fire management offices and pest management offices. And since then, they've just been whittled away. So obviously, when there's been a vacancy, uh, they just haven't filled them. That was Kim DeGovrick. Cyclic rostering, assaults on prison offices, and casuals to permanent. These were some of the many agenda concerns the executive of the POVB prison offices put to the department in their consultation meeting this week. POVB Chairperson Nicole Jess. Those issues will be raised today and we'll be pressing for um, positive outcomes. Well just on cyclic rostering, we were sold um, cyclic rostering on being fair, equitable and having a great degree of flexibility for the workers. POVB Vice Chairperson Jason Charlton. We're pushing that because what we've found is some of the managers in some centres are trying to take away that flexibility uh, by applying rules uh, under their interpretation, we want to um, just reinforce that the cyclic roster should be flexible and uh, we're going to push that, particularly when people want to take their annual leave. Um, we really want to make sure that people aren't penalised when they want to take leave. Uh, also to the interpretation of the KDW award. The KDWJ award is a separate and controversial award for some prison officers. It's the Kempsey, Delwinia, Wellington and John Moroney award. So there's two different awards for prison officers um, and their award is a far inferior award than what um, majority of our prison officers are under. Uh, we say it's an inferior award, we've asked previously for it to be changed. Um, they are saying they can't do it unless Treasury, this government, decides to change it uh, because it, it becomes a cost to the government um, and we're saying that you know we shouldn't have prison officers doing exactly the same work for a far inferior award. We're definitely going to fight that in if we have to go to the IRC that's where it'll end up. I'm hoping that uh, we can sit down and consult on the matter and get a resolution um, however for the KDW award I think that will end up in the IRC. Despite the battles ahead the POVB feel they are in a strong position to challenge these departmental decisions. We've seen our union grow, the POVB's grown and we're up over 5,300 members now I believe we're one of the strongest unions in New South Wales. Uh, when we take action, the government listens, um, and that comes on the back of our members. Our members are the lifeblood of our union. Uh, we do stick together. We do have major concerns when it comes to safety, and when uh, our members walk with their feet on safety, uh, we get results. So I'd like to thank all of our members. Um, we listen to what you uh, have to say. Please get in touch with us. If ever you've got an issue, um, we're very approachable as a state executive and we want to try and resolve all the issues and maintain our safety and security in all our prisons, court locations uh, and units. Thank you, Charlo. Staying with justice, whilst juvenile justice has been in the news of recent times due to the safety and security incident at Frank Baxter, some good news to come out of this area surfaced with the department taking a step backwards in regards to a cease unsafe work incident back in June. PSA General Secretary Stuart Little. Look, we had a, uh, a, a stoppage on the 9th of June uh, in respect to safety pretty well across the juvenile justice system. Uh, this was following a very serious assault um, on a member and then further disturbances. Now, the department took the decision at that stage to dock 
the pay from all of the members. Our view was that it was not industrial action, it was um, cease, cease unsafe work. That's what it was, it was cease unsafe work. Um, however, the, the department um, treated it as industrial action and docked the members' pay. We then sought to have that money paid through proceedings in the Industrial Relations Commission. Uh, the matter's actively on foot. Uh, we've actually put on evidence in that matter. Uh, however, following the riot at Frank Baxter, it seemed idiotic that we'd be involved in proceedings when I think we'd established that the entire juvenile justice system was really um, uh, in disarray. The rate of assaults on juvenile justice members and delegates have been a major cause of concern for the last three years. The Frank Baxter incident, whilst unfortunate, did prove insightful in highlighting the risks involved in the work of the PSA's juvenile justice members. The main thing, obviously, is to work towards fixing the safety issues, but as a sign of good faith, um, you know, the, the Minister and senior management have now come back to us with a, an offer to pay our members um, for that original stoppage back on the 9th of um, June. Yeah, look, it is a great, it's a very substantial win for the members. I mean, the members obviously had gone to work on a Sunday. Obviously, they incur penalty rates. Um, you know, again, they, they do a very difficult and dangerous job. Um, you know, on a Sunday, while the rest of us are uh, going to the football or enjoying time off with their families, um, these people are having to really risk their lives effectively by entering into a to work in a juvenile justice system that, that's been in complete disarray now you know they took um, action in, in respect to safety they, they ceased unsafe work on that day there's no question that's what it was um, you know uh, they then had their pay unfairly docked um, that's our view um, but but due to really um, positive discussion and long-term discussion about fixing up the system, I, I am very pleased to see that the new minister has come in and said, look, um, we're going to move forward, we're going to pay your members for the 9th of June, um, and look, that's very, very welcome news for us and, and a great win, um, you know, for our members and, and a great win for the PSA.